Welcome to the Collective Awakening Podcast, creating a loving and sacred space to share truth and knowledge, bringing together from around the world like-minded souls who wish to share their truth and wisdom in this great time of conscious awakening. Hosted by Chris and Stephen of the Purple Mountain Spiritual Health and Wellbeing Centre. Hello friends and welcome to the Collective Awakening Live uh, with myself Chris and Stephen and this evening we're coming to you live with uh, Awakening the Consciousness with our special guest Sammy Richard who will be joining us this evening to share his knowledge and his journey. Uh, so we're so pleased you could join us Sammy, welcome. Thank you lads, good to be here. And just as we get started this evening we just want to start really as we do with all our guests, on your journey and your experiences, um, what has brought you to what you're doing now? Um, where did your awakening start? Yeah, um, sure. Yeah, and we're really looking forward to hearing it. Um, so I always bring it back to childhood, really, and and the sense of something just feeling out of tune it was it was a kind of instinct of that age more unconscious I suppose but this feeling that there was more to the world than meets the eye I think I had quite a vivid imagination as a child and I just always explored that curiosity and then you get into the system through school and all the conditioning happens and it kind of gets stifled out of you that child creative spirit and I felt that quite strongly not in early school primary school more so in the teenage years secondary school i really felt the impact of authority and of course you have to conform or else you know that, that that's the way it has to be at school but i i always felt very averse and resistant to being told what to do not because i was a truant or whatever it was more because i felt like I wanted to explore my own individuality in my way, in, in an intuitive way. So I, would, I always had an issue with that. And that led me to asking the right kind of questions. And I had few influences um, in my life that led me to, it really, it was quite an independent journey, I suppose, actually, just asking the right questions, doing the right research. And then there was a kind of penny drop moment in my late teens where all the pieces fell together and it was that flashbulb moment, that eureka moment where it's like, okay, it's, this is all not what, what it seems. And that was quite overwhelming and disillusioning because it was quite negative as it is for all of us as we start the awakening journey, unless we're coming from a more spiritual perspective first and then down to the global agenda. But I started from the bottom up and it all just seemed doom and gloom to me because I didn't have any recognition of my personal power but saying that i didn't want to deny the information that i was accessing i was still thirsty for the truth so one thing led to another and i just kept going deeper down the rabbit hole and the more i did that the more it confirmed all the revelations i was having and the more i felt uncomfortable and that was a tough transition to wade through but then I was initiated through what I call the dark night of the soul. I mean, this is a concept a lot of people are familiar with, the dark night of the soul, where I was forced to face aspects of myself that I was 
suppressing that I later found out was contributing to this collective climate because of the psychological mechanisms of the way society reflects our own unconscious influences. And that led me, and I was studying psychology at university at the time. So that kind of helped, although I knew that their way of, you know, the mainstream syllabus was off, but I was already inclined in that way towards the mind and, and my spiritual nature. So it was a really breath of fresh air to access spiritual awareness and that came quite naturally to me and organically as I kept asking questions I kept getting deeper into self-awareness and then I started to bridge the inner and outer landscapes together and understood how they influence one another in a kind of feedback loop and that's when I think things started to turn around positive for me and I felt I could use my voice in an empowering inspiring way by educating people as to how these unconscious influences work on a psychological level and then i just went deeper and deeper into the multi-dimensional levels from there and now i like to work on that kind of you know metaphysical domain but bridging it into the physical world so we can access truth from multiple levels and bridge it together so we're not just seeing things through a very myopic lens of perception that's based on you know the negative agenda and this doom and gloom mindset that i think a lot of people like to feel attached to because it's still compensating for their own lack of internal authority so and that's what's led me to today to where i am today yeah wow and i, I feel that's that will speak to a lot of people um because uh awakening isn't the, always the most comfortable um when you begin an awakening it's it's going to those uncomfortable spaces of yourself and and that mirror work and um, but just just for anybody listening, what sort of tools would you use if anybody's experiencing that now? Or um, from your experience, what would you say to those who are saying, I'm going through that now, I'm feeling in an uncomfortable space, um, what practices can I do to uh, assist myself? Usually when it comes to practical practices, I, I try and advise people to take a more gradual and patient approach to doing the self-work because there's no shortcut or quick fix yeah. to awakening to higher consciousness or doing the real work that actually transforms our internal state so that we can actually see that reflected. So as much as there are tools that we can use to supplement the process, really the first thing I always recommend is to just go deeper into self-inquiry and to not fear facing the truth in all of its shades and we have to be willing to explore the dark crevices of reality and understand that these two polarities the dark and the light are ultimately two sides of the same coin and they need to be brought into integration so we do have to go through this uncomfortable part of the journey yeah through self-introspection first and you find when you do that and you access that inner space the solutions come more intuitively to you rather than you having to seek them out externally and that may involve some tools that could help us i mean it could be anything from just taking care of your body and meditative mindful states of being doing things that bring you more joy all of that's really important because that's what they're trying to take away from us. So it's sometimes the solution is very simple in that respect. And I always just engage in things that bring me personal joy and not what's conforming to the expectations of society. So that making sure we're in a comfortable 
state in terms of being as present as we can will enable us to access the solutions by tuning into that higher intuitive intelligence rather than being governed by the ego programs that make us do things according to the external which it can be quite deceptive our ego likes to make us think that we need to rush and we need to succeed and we need to achieve all these things but really everything's unfolding according to our own unique learning requirements and we have to respect that process as it unfolds and not expect it's going to be a walk in the park because the only way out is through really yeah I absolutely i think that's absolutely amazing that and i find that um it's all about inner work and in inner reflection isn't it uh, sammy and i think as well uh, what's your thoughts about the importance of sort of particularly what's happening in the world now because it seems that everybody's reacting to each other no one's listening to one another, and no one's ob- no one's sort of observing so do you think sort of observing one another and, and sort of taking a step back and observing self is part of that healing process as well absolutely yeah um the observational awareness is is so important so that we don't get caught up in all the drama and conflict it's about ultimately holding that state of emotional neutrality and that doesn't mean that we disengage from what's going on we always have to stay aware because obviously knowledge is what allows us to expand but when we start to kind of project onto others and 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 we're just feeding this same conflict in a different disguise and that's what's happening in the, in the truth community and in the spiritual self-development wellness community what starts out as good intentions can quickly turn toxic because the same underlying conflicts haven't been resolved yeah and that's what's happening at the moment i feel because there's a lot of pent-up frustration and uh, understandably when people realize they've spent their their whole life living a lie and you know we don't want to deny that anyone that process of of going through that you know emotional roller coaster that you have to to synthesize the, the lower emotional states but when we we have to check in with ourselves and make sure that we're not inadvertently feeding the problem by continuing to judge and project onto others or presuming that we have all the answers or that we're on some kind of pedestal in comparison to others. So being humble is really important and trying to remain neutral in the face of a conflict will allow us to be led down our path more effortlessly without all these interferences because they can really derail us or they can get us trapped down rabbit holes that we stay stuck yeah. down and then we don't continue along the journey. And that's the problem. We don't want to stay stuck at one stage in the process. We have to keep asking questions and keep going deeper, but not down one specific rabbit hole. For example, we, we all know about, you know, psyops and things that are there to siphon people on the, off their path and get you in stuck in these traps and that's playing on these these emotional states that that's how the structure is set up in society and these social engineers these controllers they know that and they set these booby traps up in the way to keep us all divided amongst each other rather than committed to our individual evolutionary path in which case we would start to attract people anyway and we would feel that natural resonance with people and that is part of the solution so as much as it's about learning the knowledge and doing the research, we have to be willing to apply it 
for it to actually bring about any tangible change. And that comes from through attending to ourselves and actually interacting with those that we properly resonate with so we can expand our field of influence rather than trying to get everyone to conform to our beliefs and our way of thinking. That's that's not possible in a world of billions of people. We're not going to be able to wake everyone up. We can't get everyone functioning on the same level of consciousness. It's not supposed to be like that. We have to just focus on our corner of reality first and allow that to reverberate organically. And then we will start to see external conditions in our personal environment shift. And who knows how far that can extend, but that's out of our control. We can't just, you know, flick a switch and bring down the cabal, but we can do our bit and serve our unique mission like you lads are doing with this podcast. We've all got our own role to play. That feels comfortable to us. And that way we're going to be reaching who we need to reach, who are ready to hear, ready to learn and ready to relate to us. And the rest, you know, let's just leave that to unfold the way it needs to. Yeah, I think that's really relevant to, I personally feel it's going to be very relevant to this year. I know we've been through a lot and um, uh, a lot of us, uh, a lot of opinions and a lot going on the last couple of years. But I feel for those, if we want to say those who are, are awake, aware, um, that that we must be must be patient, must walk our path and not judge. I feel that's possibly the challenge that faces a lot of people in this year as things mm-hmm. unfold, not to judge others. That's so important because it could very easily be us in another space, another lifetime. It could very easily be ourselves. And it was us once upon a time. That, yeah. That's the thing. We've all had to go through these stages. So we can't deny anyone else their, their process of awakening. And it unfolds differently according to everyone's unique learning requirements. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I just um, to, can I just mention as well a little bit, just on yeah. a point that, that you were saying there, Sammy, about which all ties in with what what we call the sort of shadow work. And, mm. and something that I've come to accept over part of my awakening journey is accepting not everything is just light, 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 that there is a shadow side that I should love and embrace. And that's something, it's it's a belief, a false belief system that I've held on to that, you know, with some plant medicine work that I've done, it's basically shattered that, smashed it into about a thousand pieces and really accept that if you are holding on to a belief system, don't be afraid to let that go. Again, that ego comes in, doesn't it? It said, hold on to it. You're going to look stupid. People are going to judge you. And don't be frightened to let, don't be frightened to say, you know what? I made a mistake. A belief system that you might have hold on, I've held on to for 20 years that I've had to let go. But it's in order for, for anyone to grow, we have to let go of those belief systems, don't we? That doesn't serve us, doesn't serve humanity. Absolutely, yeah. Ultimately, all belief systems end up being a trap. It's not that we can't believe in anything at all, but like you said, we don't want to attach to those beliefs and we want to continue challenging them. We don't have to do that publicly either, but if we do and we feel you know, that we've changed and we spiral to a new state of awareness, then there's nothing wrong with being humble and admitting that. And people respect you more than pretending you have it all worked out. And there's all kinds of belief systems 
that are trapping people, like you said, for years sometimes. I've been in them myself as well. We know about the false light, new age trap, like you said, but the idea that we have to deny doing the shadow work because, you know, the darkness will swallow us if we face it rather than the integration that we actually need to go through. And then, of course, it, it... interesting because it makes you wonder whether the new age religion or spiritual philosophy was purposefully set up or is that a reflection of our collective consciousness inability to face our shadow playing out in the external to teach us a lesson so it's Mm. kind of like as much as there are these forces exploiting these belief systems to hoodwink us into these traps we also have to take responsibility for allowing them to manifest and to recognize where the lesson is. So I don't think going through that journey into the new age is a bad thing. And we it's not about looking back and regretting any part of the journey because we hadn't gone through, we would never have understood why it wasn't serving yeah. us. And luckily for me, the new age phase of the journey didn't last too long because something again fell off with the, with the community in general, not pinpointing any specific people, but something felt a bit inauthentic and unresolved about that community and it also felt a bit too good to be true but we all go through that phase where we're like oh my god we're entering a new earth utopia and like everything's going to be all right it's all just a reflection of our mind law of attraction all of that and it's not about abandoning any of those principles it's about understanding how that where they apply and not not just staying on one end of the polarity of of the extremes because Otherwise, we're ignoring the external component, the external objective reality that does consist of evil and darkness, that does have to be confronted and integrated so that we can transcend to that third way by integrating those two perspectives. But I think sometimes, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be in those belief systems however long we need to to learn the personal lessons. And for me, I went into the new age, like I said, not long after... I started questioning the global agenda and that provided me with necessary comfort that I'm really glad it gave me at that time. And it enabled me to explore interesting concepts that I still understand work today, like the law of attraction manifestation. And then having woken up to that, I kind of resisted all of that and then swung to the shadow side and it all became about shadow work, shadow work, shadow work. But then you can start to get too lost in the whole shadow work and, yeah. and, and the darkness and then you're forgetting that actually some of those principles that you learn from the spiritual spirituality it wasn't all false it wasn't all a psyop it was just <laughs> yeah. that the general philosophy and the direction it was taking us was disconnected from the, the integration process and that's what we need to be aware of but we don't need to then swing back from the other direction and get lost in the darkness and think everything's screwed you know yeah just balance with everything exactly. so important and just just from what you've said just uh, it just speaks to me of living your life freely being free which we are just recognizing that we are free and something that myself and Stephen believe in is certainly with belief systems not get you use that word attachment and not getting attached to one thing so much that you're not willing to let it go or change it ever we're always adapting all the time what what worked yesterday for us might not work today and things are constantly changing yeah and we've got nothing to prove to anyone either that's when our ego starts to creep back in and we think this is all about 
trying to prove we're right but that's no different to someone doing that in the matrix or whatever yeah it's like it's just taking a different expression we have to really just be honest where we're applying the negative ego and what our true intentions are are we actually coming from the heart the true heart-based place which isn't easy to access because there's so many blocks and so much trauma but it's easy to masquerade as being heart-based when actually we're still looking for validation for our beliefs externally and that's why we get so invested in acquiring more and more knowledge and and then actually that pulls you more into the technological timeline because that's there to extract our energy and our consciousness it wants us plugged in constantly focusing on on the mirror the reflection and the more that we do that the more we give away our into our personal power and the more disconnected we come from the natural world so mm -hmm. actually this whole trans descent towards transhumanism is already happening now in the present it's not some end destination although there is a point where it's really bad obviously but it's if you think of what an ideal world would look like we're so far down into this technological timeline already in terms of how reliant we are on computers and just technology in general and that's because we're looking outside and we're not trusting in continuing in that our own personal flow in which case we would feel that the natural inclination to be back in touch with nature and not looking for anyone for validation we would hold ourselves to our own moral standards based on the the experiences and awareness that we have and that's great if that's then reciprocated with others and then attracts other people and and community building and network building very important but again that has to come from a place of internal well, self-love and self-compassion first rather than looking at the outside inwards so it's just about establishing the correct flow of energy from the in to the out rather than the out to the in and that's how we start to realign with our divine aspects and actually restore ourselves down the correct evolutionary trajectory without needing to bypass this physical experience but integrating that knowledge into physical reality and actually living the example we want to set in this world and then attracting people by virtue of that shifting internal transformation yeah super powerful and there's so many points there that i want to pick up on but um i think the the big one there for me is that getting trapped in this need to be right that's a, that's a big pitfall that, that even i've in the past when i look back that i've found myself in but the, the need to be right is something because it, it's, it's more important what is right and what is truth and you know every, everything gets uh comes up one way or another that's that's there to be seen so mm -hmm. you got any more questions Stephen? yeah i just i just want to pick up on uh, on something that you were saying there sammy um yeah. which probably all relates to the shadow side you know the the shadow side within us and the distortions and the illusions that have been created by man um and other beings over thousands of years and something that me and chris sort of strongly believe that you know what's happening now is that it's like a, a big purge of of rubbish that you know i call them anchors things that are anchoring our growth need to cut need to be cut away we can't swerve none of us can swerve um we can't make things any easier for us we have to sort of look ourselves in that mirror and really make those changes and cut away and purge the things that don't serve us anymore so that we can create this new earth so 
I always say to people, you know, it's not going to be comfortable, you know, looking in that mirror and making those changes, but we've got to purge and let go and surrender uh, those old ways, those distortions and those illusions that anchor our growth individually and then as a community and as one race, as, as the human race. Yeah, that, that's a good point. We're ultimately on a collective level going through a collective dark night of the soul now this is that tipping point now where we have to learn the lessons as a collective in order to shift into a new paradigm and you know the people have different perceptions of what that would entail and i don't think we're supposed to know exactly how it's going to unfold we just need to mm. trust in the process again on a collective level as well as an individual level and i think these trigger events like covid are on a metaphysical level the catalyst for the collective yeah. to yeah. make that transformation that you're talking about so it's this weird paradox that it's, yeah. the dark, it's the darkness itself that's causing the awakening but, but from a higher vantage point it's almost like we have to go through that because we would never be forced to question reality if we were just stuck in our comfort zone or living in this state of unconsciousness so i think in terms of the bigger picture and this collective cycle we're on we're now at this juncture point where we have an opportunity now to shift things in the other direction this has been a long time in the works but of course from the higher perspective we wouldn't even focus on it from a, a linear perspective but in terms of the linear human cycle that we've been undergoing this agenda has been stems back way before just the last hundred years where everyone a lot of people think it started you know with the banking system and all, all of this stuff it, it, it it's beyond our comprehension how long this at least definitely the genetic engineering process on humans has been going on it, and we now are aware of that and we can start piecing the pieces of history back together and restoring those fragments of our dna back into wholeness again because we really are at the pits of limitation in terms of our perception yeah. living within this very restricted view of reality and we only need to take an honest look at the world to see that you know it, it, we really have stooped quite low <laughs> in terms of our evolution but it's from that rock place of rock bottom, just like when we hit that in, in an internal state that we have the chance for real growth if we can identify what it is that we need to learn. And that's what I think, like I said, these trigger events are teaching us. Same with 9-11 in 2001. That was the last major trigger event that we had, which really yeah. reshaped society. Yeah, it did, before yeah. that, post-World War Two, you know, things were seemingly at least in the western world things seemed relatively stable and obviously there was still manipulation going on because it's been going on forever like we said but there's certain points in time where the agenda will push these false flags onto the population mm. and without them i think our evolution would be a lot slower and we're right in the thick of it with this one at the moment 
that we haven't even had a chance to step back and analyze it properly because we're all out there trying to do our bit. But yeah, really, if things do, the dust does start to settle for a period of time as they come up with their next, you know, false flag event, we'll really start to see the cracks showing in the agenda's narrative, just like we saw post 9-11 when more and more people started to question the official mainstream narrative but this yeah. is like 9-11 on steroids <laughs> yeah because <laughs> it's global like. so uh, i'm confident in the way things are progressing in terms of the momentum coming from this and unfortunately there is suffering involved and we know that some unfortunate souls are having to learn the hard way and they haven't done the preparation work to be able to navigate through these times in an easier way and those of us that already knew about the negative agenda before covid we at least were prepared on a mental level for yeah. such events though no one could have predicted it would be this intense of course but at least you know we had the cert tools already that we needed and we were all snapped into action and this is these kind of conversations are a, a product of that which i think we would probably wouldn't be having right if that hadn't happened so yeah it's all about shifting your perception about what these events represent while still obviously helping people that are suffering because the suffering is very objective and very real and we mm. need to be of service but also we don't want to get too embroiled in it and think that there's not something bigger at play because there is it's just about shifting our state and viewing things on a multi-dimensional level rather than only on the physical or only on the spiritual again it's that yeah. balance of opposites absolutely amazing i think i think what really resonates with me is that it, it, the, the shadow the shadow workers those that are sort of it's a lot of dark magic stuff that is trying to sort of imprint into humanity's life but they are coming out the shadows the cracks are being formed and in a way, in and it is seems very backward. We need the dark to wake people up, and and I feel so many people are waking up or are questioning or asking the questions. And I don't think that could have happened until something like COVID, uh, that other agenda, uh, and people are questioning it, and it's happening. And and I say bring more lockdowns make things happen more so it wakes people up more and and like you said you know people have been saying this for so many years and a, a lot of maybe perhaps a lot of people will go back to spirit and will have to try harder next time but in order for that new earth to emerge that darkness have to come out the shadows they're coming out the shadows so in a way they've revealed themselves haven't they mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so true. The darkness has to come to light in order to be synthesized. Otherwise, it governs, continues to govern us from the unconscious in our own shadow and the collective. And there's people begging to get back to normality as if we ever had normality before. Yeah. <laughs> like, we, like you said, it's almost like, you know, I, I don't like the lockdowns in terms of the restrictions. I don't like what it's doing to independent businesses and people's livelihoods. It's not nice to see that. But it just seems like at the moment, there's no alternative but to go deeper into the shadow so it can show its ugly face for everyone to see. And I, I don't 
I want as minimal suffering as possible. And it's not like this whole, oh, for the greater good mentality, because we're, we're all trying our best yeah. to try and minimize the suffering. We've all tried to raise awareness about what's going on in our own way. But sometimes you just realize there's only so much that you can do in terms of interfering with someone's free will. They, you can, you know, take the horse to water, but you can't make it drink it, you know. <laughs> what else are we supposed to do but speak our truth and take care of ourselves to make sure that we're not being siphoned from as well and then just let it unfold as it needs to and we know the agendas and narrative has to unfold in quite a linear way they don't have that creativity of spirit to draw upon so they've got their plans and they need to bring them into effect so those of us that understand that timeline we can see it unfolding before our eyes and the more that we expose them, the more desperate they get, the quicker they go, the more that we awaken and so on and so on. And they're not going to go down without a fight because these psychopathic energies are reliant on our energy for their survival because they're so divorced from their own spiritual nature. So they have yeah. to keep going and going because it's a matter of survival for them. Yeah. It's like if you withdrew our food source, right? Like imagine you just destroyed all the farmland and all the animals and everything we had nothing to consume energy we would be clutching in desperation wouldn't we to try and restore yeah, yeah. our energy and that's because we too are quite divorced from source we're not gaining our energy properly from source we're not regenerating that's why we die so early because the body withers and dies because it hasn't yeah. got enough energy to sustain itself because we're so disconnected but these guys they take it up to a whole nother level of disconnection to the point that many of them have even lost their souls and they're completely inhabited by these dark forces. And these dark forces are the energies that require feeding from us by exploiting us. But they can only exploit us for as long as we're unaware that they're exploiting us. Because if we knew about it, why would we let someone feed off us? They're like you know leeches, I mean? aren't they? Leech uh, draining or draining our blood, draining our energy. Yeah, just want to make just want to make, ask one more question there yeah and I think sure. it probably really ties in there what you were saying sammy and something that me and chris are very passionate about we do a lot of sort of um online stuff is all about remembering trying to inspire people to wake up and remember who they are and i think that's a big thing at the moment i think if people all knew who they are these powerful beings of light and love we wouldn't have the troubles that we are and and you know you i just walk down morrison's or walk down shopping and you just see people like zombies completely asleep and and, and you feel in my early spiritual development i thought it was a great idea i've got all this wonderful knowledge i'm going to grab them i'm going to shake them i'm going to tell them all about <laughs> yeah. how, how i've awoken and it doesn't work and it doesn't that's where you, you know the rescue side comes in when you feel like you want to rescue people but i think trying to get people to remember who they are who they are is so important yeah exactly we need to be able to inspire people back into remembrance we don't want to be instilling too much fear but mm. again fear is kind of part of the process again that we all have to go through but people have to undergo that when they're ready in their own time so we can use our awareness responsibly to reach people in an empowering way because really when you strip away the layers 
there is a lot to be fortunate about and this is an exciting time to be alive and yeah. we have to remember that <laughs> this isn't just this massive chaotic scenario this is also the biggest opportunity we've had and it is important to, to talk about the truth of the darkness and everything but if we're not balancing that with the the it ultimately comes down to your own belief about what you actually think is going on and where we're heading. I, my bigger picture viewpoint's always been optimistic. I don't know exactly when, but I, I've always just felt that knowing inside that, like I said, even from a child, that we're destined for greater things. And I've always followed that sense of magic inside, and it's and it's led me to where I am today. And now I realise that that wasn't just some random childhood imaginative thing. It was actually my soul speaking to me. So I've always hold, held on to that in inner belief that ultimately we are on this spiritual journey and we're at, well, it's like our lives have just turned into a movie now, really. It's like <laughs> yeah. every major Hollywood movie wrapped into one. And I don't think that's just a coincidence. It, it, this is the ultimate archetypal experience that every true seeker has to go through in order to evolve. And to evolve individually, we have to be of service to others because we're all connected. So again, like we can't just run away from the journey we're here at, on this earth at this time for a reason to be of service and to be of best service we need to reach people in the most optimal way and like you said we've all been through that time where we're walking down the street and just looking at how you know hypnotized everyone is and it can be quite frustrating like and that gets triggered again when we're not feeling so good and obviously today with the masks and everything it's just amplified it enormously and sometimes you just want to go up to someone and just you know put them in their place but it, it never works like that because that no. just reinforces their idea that we're some loony conspiracy theorists who want to try and you know impart our distorted beliefs onto them and then that just makes them more angry and then that just triggers the conflict again so it's like i said earlier we need to start from the focal point of ourselves reach people who are willing to learn from us because they resonate it's kind of like the echo chamber concept people say oh don't be in an echo chamber but i'm actually all for the echo chamber in, in the sense that that's how we amplify our power by connecting to one another and then the yeah. more that we expand that echo chamber the more that people on the periphery of it will start to receive that heightened vibrational state and then the more we start to expand and influence the wider reality but if we can't start closest to home and in our personal environment first and clean up our mess with our relationships and all, all these fundamental things like our addictions our attachments Back to your question right at the beginning, Chris, that, that that's what I would recommend people to do first. Clean up, you know, their own personal stuff first. Sort out the <laughs> simple things. Like if you've got any addictions, try and get rid of them. If you've got these toxic relationships, then you have to start serving your integrity and questioning what benefit they're providing to you in your life. So, and that then creates the container from which we then start to attract the right people and the right situations to us. And then we're more in alignment with our proper purpose from a higher level.
Yeah, I think that's super profound. It's because it can be very easy to look at in the world and say, well, this needs to change, that needs to change. Look at this person, look at that person, but look at yourself. Start start, and be the example and yeah. be your true self. And I always feel um, that by being your true self, you're sending that ripple of energies is even stronger to everybody. So not only for you, but everybody that comes into contact with you is going to feel the benefit of that. Um, of that connection, it might make them think, uh, but it's, uh, I always um, use the Michael Jackson song, Man in the Mirror. Yeah, I just think that's so profound. And a friend of mine always said, that's what it is, you have to look in the mirror. Yeah, first. I'm sure he knew that as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's, um, but the, uh, it's something I've said many times, any way we look at it now it's it's an incredible time to be on the earth playing what we're experiencing and literally every moment and every day something is happening yeah and there's major stuff happening in both internally and externally yeah. Um, yeah like we're all going through a lot of personal stuff at the moment i mean i work one-to-one with people a lot and i i, I see some of the the traumas that are coming up and particularly in the past year or so since covid and i always remind people that you know this is your energy field reorganizing itself to make way for the new and you have to remember in those times of of, of suffering and trauma when they're bubbling to the surface of the psyche that they're there they're coming out coming forth for a reason to be dealt with otherwise they continue yeah. to exist trapped in the body because that's where trauma is trapped it's in the body mm-hmm. and if we can't bring awareness into our state of feeling in the body then that internalized trauma will just continue to play out and then we'll obviously see it reflected again in the, in the world but yeah like you said there's just so much going on every day in the world and in our personal lives but what we do have control of is again our personal form of reality and yeah. like you said we'll start to see that in the the people and situations we attract and that's the synchronicity that's reminding us the external feedback which is showing us that we're on the right track and we should never ignore that confirmation sometimes we brush it inside think oh it's just i'm just having a lucky day or it's just coincidence (laughs) yeah but it's not we need to really remember that the world is responding to us in our immediate environment and we might choose to invest our consciousness wider at what's going on with the collective consciousness and the global agenda but ultimately we have to feel confident in our own personal experience first because this is the point of perception that we're actually living in when we choose to extend through maybe technology or through a phone call or whatever to people on the other side of the world yes that is very real and it's happening but ultimately we're choosing to expand to to work on that level but if if we can't recognize what's happening in our own lives first and there's still chaos in our personal lives then that needs to be corrected first there's no point trying to fix the reflection at that degree because we're not we haven't even learned to master our our own reality yet so the whole law of attraction thing is a fallacy in the sense that we don't literally create our entire reality it's not all from us but we attract the reality that's resonant on the vibration that we're carrying internally and we see that reflected in our immediate environment first and that provides the feedback that gives us the confirmation that strengthens the belief that allows 
that timeline to continue to evolve organically. And then we don't worry so much about what's happening out there. We play our role to try and assist people, but we don't live in states of fear and external control anymore because we have that faith in the divine will working through us because we've seen it actually yeah. play out in our experience. And that's when we know and have established that trust in our own unique timeline. And that's the best state, optimal flow state that we can get ourselves in during this time as the chaos continues to unfold. Yeah, and I, uh, I really feel that's so, so true in the sense of when you do get in that space of alignment and everything can become very effortless, even if it is challenging, you find navigating through is just, it just falls in, it falls together. And then you learn on the opposite side of that. If something doesn't fall in, it's not meant to be. We just walk away from it. It's easy. I don't worry about it. Don't get trapped in the mind of trying to fix it. We just step away and go, it's not meant to be. And move on to something else. Um, where yeah. sometimes, and that, that, that's another trap in the trapping of the mind. Um, turning things complicated too much, yeah. too much overworking of the mind. Yeah, when we diverge from our optimal path, we know it. The more we become aware of when we're feeling the best, the more we're aware of when we're not feeling the best. But that's normally yeah. a sign that there's a lesson there that we need to learn. It's not just that, we, we, you know, that we're just stuck in a state of helplessness. It, there's always a lesson from yeah. the divergences of our path. And then if we're able to recognize what they are, then we get back on track with this higher state of awareness having explored that you know unconscious lesson whatever it was that was playing out but that's yeah. something that we do at the center something that we uh, promote all the time is uh, the power of meditation and inner in a reflection stillness solitude and the importance of meditation and solitude and something that we promote is to always look within and and sort of i feel we use the mind far too much in 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 society and i think and that's where i feel our detachment has happened over thousands of years our detachment from spirit from our own spirit and the spirit of the earth so we've detached ourselves and it's now again uh, attaching back to the circle of life back to the heart center because i feel in meditation removing from the mind and going back to more heart centered but a lot of people don't want to do that because that a lot of the trauma and pain lies in the heart and it, and it and they don't want to look at it and it is tough i've been there yeah that's the true embodiment work is surrendering to the body and accessing the trauma that's imprint the energetic blocks mm. that are obstructing the channel to our heart which is the portal from which we actually expand our electromagnetic field and actually start to influence reality from that mm. anchored place and the heart's electromagnetic field is much more powerful than the brain and yeah. it's not that we have to reject the masculine pole of consciousness or the mind, whatever you want to call it. It's about using these two in harmony, synthesizing yeah. the mind and the body so they work in unison with one another. But when we access the wisdom of the body through clearing the clutter of the shadow, then um, the, the higher and our higher intelligence is activated, and then we're led intuitively 
to take the right steps using the masculine pole of consciousness to supplement that rather than being led and governed by the mind first. So again, we want to establish the right flow of energy here. And we have to go deep into the body, into the lower chakras, the pain body, where the trauma stored in the sacral and the root chakra. And then we want to clear that so that we can then open the heart because the heart is responding to the trauma that's rooted in the pain body. The pain body is the lower three chakras, which correspond to the three dimensions that we live in. So the, the first dimension is the unconscious realm which is the root. If we don't have our survival instinct in place and we don't feel secure and stable in this physical world, then we'll continue to play out these conflicts in the world. And then we've got the sacral chakra, which is our sexual center, our creativity. If that's blocked through sexual trauma specifically, but other traumas as well in relation to the masculine feminine, the relationship to our mother, father, etc., then that's that's then going to create blocks in in the third chakra the solar plexus which is our emotional response to that and that's why when we have emotional imbalances we really feel it there in that center then we get to the heart the fourth chakra which is the center point between the top three chakras and the lower three so when we can integrate the lower centers of the pain body through clearing i mean we could go on about what kind of trauma work we could do that's probably another conversation but yeah. We have to kind of discover that for ourselves, but that is really the root of our pain. And that's what keeping us in bondage to the physical reality. So until we can actually attend to that place of the body, then we'll probably use the higher chakras as a defense mechanism to escape from reality. And that's where the new age comes along because it gives us that refuge from the pain in the body. And, and we escape into the abstract world of the imagination and we just want to run away from reality but when we actually go into the body through the process of anchoring you know the process of embodiment then we can actually bring our spiritual awareness into this reality and actually work within it rather than escaping it so that that that's really why trauma work is is so important and unless we do that we're still going to stay enslaved to the physical world yeah that's so so important and we feel very much the same and and something that myself and Stephen have been discovering in, in the work we do is the importance of the body respecting the body and and i feel that might be something that's that's a collective lesson at the moment you know that we are responsible we can't always be reliant on other people or um organizations that we can go to we have to be self-sufficient and now we take care of our bodies yeah i think what you guys are doing is great you're providing space for people to help themselves ultimately um, yeah. you said you were you were doing was it cambo cambo practitioner yeah, yeah. That, that yeah i mean on the journey again these tools these psychedelic medicines whatever they are whether it's cambo ayahuasca they can be useful as well in helping us to really delve into the unconscious and in in this under supervision of people who are experienced with it and are coming from a place of personal experience and heart-based intention they can facilitate that process for people to help them to help themselves to access the deep-rooted stuff that's so unconscious and repressed that they don't even know it exists so sometimes we need that little push 
to bring that stuff to the surface. Other times it happens more organically through the process of introspection. So there are external tools that we can use responsibly to help initiate that process. And in the past, I've used certain tools like that to help me. And, and I've been met with things that I didn't even know were so, so problematic. Same like in our dreams when they reveal something to us. Yeah. And we wake up and it's just like, oh my God, like I obviously haven't dealt with this because it just keeps cropping up every night mm -hmm. in my dreams. And it yeah. could be something really basic and grounded. And it could just be like a school experience that you had or some family issue. But if it keeps re-emerging, then it's a sign that that's what we need to work on. And some people, they do need that push. Uh, not everyone has that real strength of mind to wade into the shadow. And that's where mentors, facilitators can be of assistance. And that's what it's been like throughout history with the shamans and the priestesses and, and these divine masculine feminine archetypes that have already done that inner work. And now they can come down and help others lift them up. We're not all operating at the same level of consciousness. People, Some people have more trauma work to do. Some people have more ancestral stuff to deal with. Some yeah. people have maybe got a different soul disposition. So it's about establishing where we are at on that on that spectrum yeah. and being able to recognize and accept where other people are and using our own experience to help them rather than looking down on them. Yeah, I think that's um, so many good points again there. But uh, particularly at the moment, there seems to be huge leaps in the use of psilocybin sort of across the world in people getting to that deep-rooted trauma. And it might not be, I, I watched something the other day, uh, somebody who took part in a trial, and what they thought was the problem around them or causing them to feel down and get stuck in depression, anxiety, was not. They were actually taken all the way back to childhood, to something they couldn't even remember. And it took them to an uncomfortable space, but they were able then to start working working through it yeah i think so it's best to start from this lifetime first we have a lot of talk yeah. about like, past lives and stuff that's a bit of a gray area i think yeah which you need to be careful about because you get these people come along like oh, i'll do a past life reading for you and then they say oh yeah you got like murdered by uh, yeah blah blah blah, 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 <laughs> blah and it's like well look we we, we <laughs> we have to be very careful with that it's not that i'm trying to make it too logical and I, I do believe in all of this stuff but it's what's relevant right now yeah and if we haven't even gone back to childhood and understood the relationship to mother and father and how they act as templates to model the masculine and feminine which we need to be able to integrate then there's no point shifting to past lives because we haven't cleared that shadow material from this life and this is that that's the easiest portal or access point to the higher spiritual centers and you know we've all got work to do in that department because we live in a fractured 3d world where we don't all get brought up the way we want we all have fractured relationships and you know like we just need to take a closer look at home before we start to really delve into the metaphysical aspects i think yeah, something I feel quite passionate about that and um, is sort this life out first. And and I feel sometimes it can, not always, I don't want to say always, but it can be used almost as a get out 
yeah to not deal with this life oh it's 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 ancestral it's from a past <laughs> yeah. life I, I brought it in with me and i'm not denying that that can't happen but it, it for me it's an escape of this life sort this life this moment you're living in that, you know exactly. yeah, it's like it, i said about the higher chakras like they can be used as a, 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 a crutch a place of safety by like you said it's, it's another form of externalization because in, unless we actually know that then we're still theorizing about it what we do know is what we can recall to the conscious mind and bring out of the shadow and i'm not saying that there aren't really psychic people out there that are working on that level and i respect yeah. anyone who's doing that kind of work and i wouldn't want to diminish it and i think females especially they're very connected to that embodied awareness more more intuitively than perhaps men are so there are slight differences in the way genders even express themselves i think men are more focused on a, a linear trajectory like the hero's journey whereas women can kind of really access that present point and maybe explore these these concepts more fluidly and that's what we need more of as well in society is those true feminine healers or the feminine essence which men can activate as well of course yeah that's what's really lacking and that's where the perversion of the feminine energy is being used by the controllers in order to distort that process because they're trying to create more masculine energy by yeah creating this feminist mindset about retribution against the patriarchy which is just creating more of the same rather than He's actually spot on, yeah and, and we do disregard we do all have a tendency to disregard things that are out there more than what's real and sometimes we might miss something really important so i think there is a place for that deep spiritual work and I, I i've come across a few of these healers myself that really represent that archetype of you know the high priestess that real hands-on that healing intuitive emotional connection that they have with people and i think we're going to be seeing more of that as we move back to an understanding of spirituality again and then these masculine feminine roles can work together again in another kind of complement we have yeah. both have both those energies in us but then we also have it outside working through men and women and this is what we want to restore the best aspects of so there's no more divide between the genders anymore and we're, we're all harmonizing based on the best aspects that's where holding space comes in doesn't it you're not just holding space uh, within your therapy room you know consciously we're holding space you know where the where the divine feminine's coming and holding space for the divine masculine and vice versa mm -hmm. holding space to one another uh, and not judging and 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 sometimes even you know doing cambo work or doing any kind of sort of spiritual work the less you interfere you're just creating that sacred space for people to surrender to let go in and not be judged and that's all that sometimes it's needed is to create that sacred, so I call it a sacred space, yeah. without, not, without being judged, sitting and having a cry, letting go and really allowing that healing to, to happen because we're just holding, aren't we? We're all holding so much and we just want to need to just let go and just hug each other and love each other and listen 
to one another because that's, that's a big thing. Everyone's talking, no one's listening. Observe and, and hold space for one another. I think that's really important as well, isn't it? That's so true, yeah. We, we do just need to breathe and slow down. It all starts with the breath, ultimately. And that's what allows that life force to circulate in our body and send it up through the chakra system and to activate that nice cyclical flow through our bodies. And like you said, we are all just, we're, we're too head focused. We're always trying to find the solutions and we're always trying to be in control. We're not trusting in the surrender to a higher power that works through us. And that's what we've rejected and we've let, we've, become distrusting of that in those states of presence and surrender we are making as much if not more progression than when we're just taking the action and trying to apply external solutions because that's the state of being where we start to really access that intuitive intelligence and like you said that's when we can actually feel what's happening in, in our yeah. vessels the flow of the energy rather than trying to rationalize our feelings all the time saying i feel like this i feel like that sometimes it's just a case of not putting any ascribing any label or positive or negative value just letting the energy whatever charge that energy carries letting it flow the way it needs to and that's a kind of wisdom in itself that will communicate to us and provide answers to us from which we can take action on and apply the masculine because that emotion that energy emotion contains its own intelligence and sometimes it's distorted and uncomfortable because we're very shackled into the lower vibrational states but again like we said about balancing the opposites we also need to integrate the lower emotional levels of the spectrum as well I don't know if you guys are familiar with a book called Power Versus Force by David Hawkins. No, he's the, first, he's the first guy to actually logically create a scale of consciousness. He did it based on kinesiology, muscle testing, and he was able to construct a table about the different levels of consciousness. And he split them into two sections called power and force. The bottom half of the scales, the power, the force direction, and the upper half is the power direction most of society in the lower threshold of vibrational states and the lowest states of of, of consciousness of the, are shame and guilt and fear yeah. and desire and anger they're actually a bit higher up but they're still beneath the threshold point and apparently most of humanity is stuck on the level of desire and they never move up any level from that but what we want to be aiming to do is to get above that boundary threshold so that we're actually evolving because one's a devolutionary path one's evolutionary but we can't again we can't just like integrating the shadow we can't move to those higher states until we've experienced the lower states yes they still exist yeah. within us we all have yes. feelings of get shit, um, shame and guilt and and all of these ancestral and this is where the past life stuff probably does come in because everything's stored in the unconscious yeah. from all of the lifetimes it's like carl jung's concept of the collective unconscious and the personal unconscious we each contain the entire record and history of mankind in our consciousness but it's been suppressed into a state of amnesia so that it governs us from the shadows and 
that's a very painful that they're confronting those emotions but again if we don't actually feel through them then we can't access those higher states of for example acceptance joy love and enlightenment which obviously is that state where we've managed to synthesize all of the spectrum and we're just living in this state of infinite present bliss from which there's no judgment we're much less physical in terms of the density that we experience and we're starting to just create reality from a state of pure presence but we can't just jump to that level nor can we just try and bypass it and that's where religions like buddhism might not see the full picture because they commit their whole life and service to reaching states of enlightenment and they're not interfacing with physical reality to learn the vital lessons that the 3d offers us yeah. i've always believed that yeah yeah i've always yeah. believed that about buddhism that it, it's harder to live in the real world and and it, it's why in many ways going back to the very first question why we are here on this earth at this time is to 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 have these experiences and it is these experiences that are vital. This is why we've always believed that every experience, good or bad, is good for the spirit. The shadow and the light both feeds and helps us to grow. And we should embrace that rather than saying, why is that? We should be asking, what is this teaching us? What is this lesson teaching us? What is this experience teaching us? Again, going back to not reacting and embracing and that's really hard observing and accepting you know that everything is happening for us it's not happening against us it's happening for us and then globally it's happening for humanity so what's happening is happening for a reason exactly part yeah, of the that's... divine plan yeah <laughs> from a higher level it is all part of the divine plan we can question the whys well why does evil exist why are we living in such a hard reality but that doesn't serve anyone and it doesn't help us. We have to accept that we've fallen or whatever you want to describe the process as into a state of duality. And the only way to transcend the opposite is to merge them. And 3D, I see it as that point in our evolution where we have the first inklings towards proper individuated self-awareness of the soul where we can actually access our personal blueprint and timeline and every soul has that potential providing they're not completely hijacked and soulless and we want to activate as many souls as possible in the collective grid at the moment back to that understanding of themselves yeah. so that we all start to carry more light into our bodies and that yes. lifts the physical density and then we're forming our own quantum kind of grid with one another. And that's how net network, organic networks based on vibrational resonance start to form. And that way, we're then naturally challenging this singularity, this AI singularity that wants us all plugged, our brains plugged in and disconnected from that connection to source. So that's the way I see things unfolding in a more organic way is that we're all points in this grid. And we're all here for a reason. We all have different lessons to learn. And ultimately, we want to carry as much light into our nervous systems as possible to increase that yeah. electromagnetic charge. And that way, we are influencing the collective in the best way that we can.
And we don't even need to over-engage the mind. We don't need to stay in a state of suffering and stress and judgments all the time. Of course, we'll slip into that because that's, again, oh, yeah. part of the lessons. But we need to learn through experience that it doesn't have to be hard all the time. It's just a case of just getting through that really gritty stuff and then establishing, like I said earlier, that flow state where things become more effortless. But we're programmed to believe that things have to be hard and that we can only grow through suffering and it's just a part of life. Well, yeah, it is in terms of the 3D existence. That doesn't mean we can't move beyond it. It's just the case of it will happen when we've learned the lesson. Yeah. Simple. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, just sort of one more thing I want to ask you. I've really enjoyed this chat this evening um that's a little bit different is what is your opinions your feelings on other worlds other beings and how they connect maybe to what things to be honest uh, yeah I, I i tend to come from the metaphysical first so yeah. i naturally just feel these different expressions of life coming from different levels of the multi-dimension spectrum i tend not to focus too much on like aliens and all of that although yeah. i'm convinced they exist you know like i'm not afraid to just say that i mean yeah i certainly know entities exist i can tell you that for a fact based mm. on personal experience so i know i you know i've had confrontations with with forces in my life and i know that they exist and that that's why I'm confident when I speak my truth because it's been validated through my personal experience. I don't care if there's no scientific instruments to measure it and share that with others. It doesn't matter to me. I know what I've experienced and that's all that matters to me. If someone trusts me enough to believe it, great. But better yet, if they can experience it, then even better. Well, not the negative stuff, but if they can at least be open to the fact that there are other realities. It's, you know, that, that that saying, seeing is believing, you can flip that on its head, believing is seeing. And that's yeah. the paradox is that mm -hmm. when you don't believe something, you, you're not going to experience it. And then you get stuck in this rigid scientific mindset. But that's because they've not believed it. And it's not blind faith. It's just about being open to other realities. So, yeah, yeah. I do. I, I really do believe in other life forms and benevolent angels and all of that and i also believe in the opposite as well i believe in the demons and, and the fragmented yeah. energies that exist in the lower astral planes of distortion that are working and maneuvering through these elite and that are they're actually that working from the unseen but there's always a counterpart of of, of the, the positive and ultimately yeah. i think if we were to go to the biggest like level that we can go to the ultimate divine i don't believe that dark and light just is a thing and will always exist i think the oneness the one whole is a benevolent whole of which we're all a part but we've all split into these various expressions and taken yeah, different yeah. forms in order to learn lessons and that includes the most psychopathic divorced beings like either they'll need to learn the hardest way to rehabilitate or they'll just be destroyed in their in their own mess and they'll dissolve because they have no place in a higher vibrational reality so i don't think we need to accept that suffering just exists and leave these poor victims behind these souls that are trapped i think we should all aim to 
to restore benevolence to the best degree that we can. And I think that as much as we're doing that for people suffering in this plane of existence, I believe there's also yeah. beings that are also working to assist us, but very hard to access that channel because of all these blocks and mental programs. And very few people, I believe, have actually authentically gained that kind of kundalini awakening in the true sense whatever you want to call it and they're actually receiving an open channel which is a, re a reflection of their own higher self coming through them rather than these beings masquerading as light that are actually looking to lead us into traps so the authentic way to do it the best way to do it is to really unlock that power within ourselves by integrating the chakras the seven primary chakras first then we open up to the other ones and then we start to become this conduit for the divine to communicate to us, probably even in a direct way. And you may or may not have had certain signs of that in your life before of, of this feeling that something there is guiding you, whether it's spoken yeah. to you, whether it's a feeling. But some of us, we've had that and we know that there is other life forms there and we're all interconnected what happens on the lower impacts the higher what happens on the higher impacts the lower so what happens here on the earth at this time is very important to the beings living on the higher domains of consciousness because they feel our suffering as well and they would yeah. never abandon humans because they understand that all our pain is ultimately shared from the widest vantage point because we're all part of that one whole yeah, it's a wow. knowing i i always likened it to um rather than a belief system it is a knowing it's something that we've said for nearly 20 years you know people can people can mock us and laugh at us and but like you said sammy if you've experienced it you it's a knowing you've experienced that no one's going to take that away from you and it's same with us it, it's not this is why, in a way, this is very different to what we call mainstream religion, man-made religion, mm. is they are based on a, on a belief. In a way, what we do is not a religion. It's a, it's a knowing. It's an energy. And it can't be explained through science. It can't be explained through that rigid, mm. logical mind. And it can only be explained through the heart center. And, and it is a knowing for me, anyway. It's just a knowing. Yeah, it's a good distinction between spirituality and religion, true spirituality, not not corrupted spirituality, that true embodied sense of knowing, not blind faith based on certain rules and the commandments that have been written in scriptures. And there may be, again, certain seeds of wisdom that we can take from them and apply like we can with everything, but we can't trust fully in any external doctrine until it's been validated through our own direct experience and even then it might be corrupted we might think we've attained this state of gnosis but we're actually hijacked and we're communicating with with like false light with the false light but once we really establish that trust and embodied state within ourselves, we, we we trust that what we're attracting to us is a reflection of that and we don't worry about the corruptions because we know that it's not coming from a trauma base place so yeah uh, science what we know about quantum mechanics and how that's changing the perception of science but it's still a long way off actually accepting 
consciousness as the creator of reality but we should yeah. be there by now but as we know there's certain forces trying to suppress that information yeah. calling it spooky action at a distance whatever they, <laughs> they call it in, in the quantum mechanics it's like the revelations of these studies and in, in the quantum science are so revealing that that in itself should blow people's mind open to a wider reality yet we're still trying to come up with these mathematical formulas to try and explain it because we're not actually just experiencing it and feeling it for ourselves we're yes. using all these instruments and saying oh well it's not true until it's you know been studied by an expert and that's the very limiting mentality that's holding us back at the moment but, and that, yeah. that's the same with with things like when science talks about time, you know, hu the human race in in the in the in the multi universe, we're the only race that uses the concept of time the way we, time doesn't exist. And again, these false belief system like things like maps and science and time can't prove they were never they can never be used to prove anything like this because it's. It's a false belief system. It, it it will only it's only taken us so far, and we've and all those old belief systems needs to be purged out of out of the matrix, out of humanity's light in order us to you know to to grow. Like time, it doesn't exist. It, it's yeah, an illusion. It's, it's an illusion. Yeah, it's an illusion in the respect that there's more than it. It's real in the sense that we're still experiencing some aspects of it in, in terms of like particle physics and stuff not to get too scientific but for example like einstein's theory of relativity right like we could say oh well actually there's this that's wrong because there's there's science that transcends it but it's kind of still right in in as part of a stepping stone towards that next level of understanding so there is this kind of progression of science that's leading to quantum mechanics which is the idea that time actually is an illusion like you said in the sense that we can actually create our reality free from the bounds of the space-time yes. continuum but again like we said so many times in this chat it comes back to the same thing it's like we almost have to go through that other science first to get to that understanding and it's just part of the same process again uh, of you know like newtonian physics einstein then quantum mechanics and then once we've really breached that boundary line into that world of consciousness we don't need to keep working things out we transcended <laughs> yeah. we transcended yeah. that bubble and we can start actually co-creating and creating our reality using our minds now and that's the point i think in human development where things are really gonna just create we're gonna create magic on this planet and i do believe that reality is possible but i'm also accepting of the journey to get there but once we remember what we've lost in terms of the fact that we are the creators then yeah the world really is our oyster and we can imagine anything into existence and we can start to lift that horrible weight of density that's keeping us clogged down we feel that real visceral connection to nature as part of ourselves like when you take psychedelics and you feel that energy pulsating through everything as if it's just yeah. completely a part of you it's flowing through you that's a good way to understand yeah. it 
that's what the kind of reality we want to be moving towards and then time starts to dissolve like you said it starts to just become less linear now and we just feel present connection and yeah i think some of us again have had glimpses of that in our life but to really bring it into this physical reality we need more people connecting to that channel and hopefully in the coming years as things intensify in both directions more of us are going to start opening that channel and, and bridging together to actually open these new worlds and anchor them to create these newer energies and timelines within the same planet fantastic yeah. time to yeah. come it's been amazing tonight so yeah. i could talk to you all night <laughs> yeah that's how yeah, i feel it's like been that. uh but really inspiring as well i think for anybody to see you know there's if we're willing to do the work there's good times ahead you know, yeah, and it's good exactly. times now, really. You know, what exactly. we're experiencing is good. We might not recognize it as that now, but it is. It, it is long term. But thank you so much, Sammy, no for problem. giving your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. We'd love to have you back again. Yeah. Um, for another um, If anybody listening, whether you're listening or you've been watching us tonight and you're interested in some of Sammy's work, you're able to uh, visit his website, which is shiftingtimeline.com. And we'll be posting the links on this video. Or if you're listening to us on Spotify, I want to thank everybody for listening. Thank you so much. Thank you again, Sammy. Thanks a lot, guys. Look forward to catching up again soon. Yes, thank you. For everybody at the Purple Mountain, thank you very much. Lots of love, everyone. You take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.